Thanks for tuning in to Leesburg Daily, a Monday through Friday podcast where we dive into scripture, study it together, and apply it to our lives. Today, today, today is the day that we finish the gospel of John. Um, and, and so we f- we wrap up today. We're in verse uh, ch- chapter 21, verse 20. And if you recall yesterday, Jesus had some unfinished work to do with, with Peter. Uh, Peter... Uh, Simon Peter, as he's affectionately called, is is now yesterday called Simon, son of John, reminding him of his his roots, his his origins. And the question asked three times, "Do you love me?" And twice Peter responds, "Yes, Lord, you know that I love you." The third time Peter replies, "Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you." And Jesus said all three times, feed my lambs, shepherd my sheep, tend my sheep. The whole idea here is, is Peter is being called and commissioned to service, uh, a greater service than what he had known. It's a re- restoration of ministry. It's a, it's a humbled man who had denied Christ, now restored to ministry. And then it's it ended yesterday with a this cryptic saying about about uh, what he the, the type of death that he would uh, die. Jesus says, "When you get older, you know, here's the thing: you you, you tie your own belts around your waist now, but um, but the picture that's painted is, is someone else will tie you up and lead you where you don't want to go." The writer here tells us in verse 19 that he had said that to identify the kind of death that that Peter would have and that it would glorify God. I mean, this is a, a, a fantastic uh, picture here. Uh, Peter's going to die a death as the good shepherd. So, so Jesus has been the good shepherd. I mean, think about this picture that we're, that's being painted. Jesus is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. And this shepherd is Peter, who's going to feed the sheep, feed the lambs, tend the sheep. He's going to have to do likewise. Although his death won't take away the sins of the world. He has submitted his will to God. And his death, much like Jesus' death, will be in accordance with God's will and will glorify him, we're told in verse 19. His death would glorify God. In the death of Jesus, uh, uh, in, the, in the death of Jesus, the glory of God is revealed since God is love and love is laying down one's life. And so now Jesus predicts that Peter will glorify God in his death. And, and so Peter hears this, and this is spelled out for Peter. And look what happens. Peter, in verse 20, Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. Now, let's pause there for just a second. Uh, Peter has been restored to ministry, but now Peter, while he's learned many lessons here on this beach, it's clear that Peter has more to learn. Peter has fixed his attention on Jesus Ever since the beloved disciple said, hey, look, it's the Lord when they were in the boat. As soon as he heard that from the beloved disciple, Peter's attention has been solely fixed on Jesus. But now he takes his eyes off Jesus and he looks back 
at the beloved disciple who's following. Apparently, Jesus and Peter have had this conversation while walking on the beach. And the way the NIV puts it anyway, the beloved disciple was following Lem. But the word Lem is not in the text. And so, the the connection's a little obscure. It, it could be that the beloved disciple is following Jesus. Now, now picture this. Look back at verse 19. It says, Now he had, Jesus had said these things signifying what kind of death Peter uh, would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, Jesus said to Peter, Follow me. This follow me commission was, uh, or invitation was the first that Peter had received in the onset of the ministry of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So Peter has been following and now he is commissioned. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, follow me. And so Peter, okay. But he turns around and he sees the disciple whom Jesus loved following. So here's the connection. Right after Jesus commands Peter to follow him, we hear of one who is following. And this is the beloved disciple identified as the one who leaned against Jesus and who would ask, uh, who betrayed Jesus. Look here. Um, verse 20. Peter turning around saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. Is the NASB, but Lim is not there in the, in the text. Uh, the one who had leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And so Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Peter's just been told what kind of death he was going to die, the, the duty that was placed upon him. And, and instead of leaning forward and leaning into that, he turns around and he tries to really assume the same role, the same tasks, the same insight, perhaps, the same outcome for his friend in verse 21. Now, a lot of people um, look at this passage and they see animosity really throughout the Gospels between Peter and John. But I read this and I think that there's genuine care for, love for his friend. Uh, And we'll see that here in a minute as well. We'll look at the response. Uh, so Peter turned around and he says, well, what about this man? And Jesus rebukes him pretty strongly here. He uses strong words with Peter's. You know, Peter's old habit of 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 falling into error right after experiencing a truth is still present. He, he's sure of the Lord's knowledge. He's made that clear. He knows that Jesus knows, but he's he hasn't learned how to submit to his will really looks like in Antel's. And so Jesus repeats um, his call. He says here in verse 22, he says, If I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. I mean, this is big. Jesus is Lord, and his will will be accomplished uh, in the beloved disciple and in Peter. But that's none of how he does it with the beloved disciple. It's none of Peter's business. Peter can trust Jesus with the life of his of his friend. 
you know, there's so many applications to, to this picture that we have. One of those applications is that we follow Jesus. Each of us follow Jesus on a unique path. Now, that path is not our own path to God. There's orthodoxy. There's the right path. Uh, but but each of us are responsible for our own hearts, our own relationships with the Lord. We talked about this the other day at, at Bold. We are each responsible for our relationship with the Lord. It's not on the pastor. It's not on a mentor. It's not on someone else. Our responsibility is to grow in the Lord. But then, for many of us listening, we have an added responsibility when it comes to our homes, our wives, our children. And there's certainly a responsibility there for us as well. You know, we live in a day and age where it's easy to skirt responsibility and blame other people for whatever is wrong or off. We lose that excuse. Men and women of Christ lose that excuse because we take responsibility for our lives. We take responsibility for our walks. And so Jesus uh, Jesus says to Peter, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? Peter, you are responsible for you. Now, Jesus' statement about the beloved disciple, like that about Peter in verse 18, is is pretty obscure. I mean, what in the world does he mean by this? It it remains a a rather clear reference to Jesus' personal return. But what does it mean for the the beloved disciple to remain? The NIV says, remain alive. The NASB says, remain until I come. Um, but but what's well, what's this mean? Now this is how the the later disciples understood this phrase. In fact, verse twenty three will tell us um, the brothers, the other disciples, took it to to remain alive. Uh, but I want to point out that the word used here uh, is is used for indwelling Christ. It's the, it's the same image as the vine and the branches back in chapter 15. And so a spiritual sense could and, and, and is involved here. Uh, now, John is going to distinguish carefully between what Jesus actually said and how it was interpreted. And boy, there's a lesson here for us. Look at verse 23. So, so here, well, hold on. Here's the issue. Jesus says, what, what is, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So on one hand, it's a rebuke toward Peter. You follow me. Don't worry about him. But on the other hand, um, we see, and John's going to painstakingly uh, point out what Jesus actually said versus uh, how it was interpreted. There's a huge lesson here for us. Jesus had said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? Verse 23 then, skip ahead there. Therefore, this saying went out among the brethren that the disciple would not die. Yet, Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? Now, this is a key thing here. John points out the, 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 the difference of, that's what, of what's happened here. 
Jesus never said that John would never die or the disciple would never die, but simply said, if I want him to remain, what's that to you? And again, remain, we insert alive. We insert, we interpret the idea as did the disciples of remaining alive. I I mean, this is an important distinction, the distinction between what Jesus actually said and how it's interpreted. this lack of attention to the precise words of God it really has been a source of, of difficulty ever since the garden. Remember in the Garden of Eden, um, and the serpent said, what, what did God really say? Well, that's the, what, the way it's happened. This misunderstanding has happened throughout history. And so uh, we have a, a misinterpretation here, as John points out. Now, um, so John points out the the problem of not sticking to Jesus' words and implying your own meaning to it. And then verse 24 and 25, we have a, a closing, an ending of sorts. Verse 24 says, This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Now, let's talk really briefly in the first century in antiquity, the way things were written um, is different than what we would say today. Uh, it was a very uh, expensive task. Um, it was a, 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 an elite job, a, a high demand skill to have to be able to write. Um, and so what we have here is uh, John, as well as other, most other books. And in fact, I don't know of any um, that aren't done like this. Um, they are uh, written in a community. So this doesn't mean that John wrote this with his hand, although he could have. Uh, Generally, there's a scribe, uh, and there's a group of individuals. As we see here, there's a we here. We know his testimony is true. So this is the disciple who's testifying to these things, who wrote these things. And again, the wrote there is not necessarily physically writing, but the benefactor of such things. And we know that his testimony is true. Well, who's the we? Again, it's the brothers. It is um, uh, other disciples. Verse 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Let's pause there really quickly and and. Of course, it's a it's an impossible task, but to identify the eye there, of course, I believe that to be the eye of John, the disciple. But it's important there we see uh, this this book, this biography of Jesus, is written as a group with testimony of multiple a plurality of witnesses, with John's direct hand involved. And what we see here is a testimony of uh, this is just the nuts and bolts. This is not everything. It's not an exhaustive list and uh, account of Jesus' life, but the things that needed to be written down. And again, these things were written down for the purpose of motivating belief in the life of those who would read it. And that's my prayer for you as we finish this book. My, my prayer for you is that you're motivated. You're motivated to, to, to believe. 
it's not just head knowledge, but but heart knowledge. There's so much richness that we've been through in the book of John. I hope you see and pray that you see Jesus in, in a new light as the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. Well, that finishes, that concludes uh, the, the gospel according to John, the biography of Jesus that we call John. Uh, now, what we'll do is tomorrow we're going to have a couple, the rest of the week we'll have a couple of uh, um, uh, oddball little devotions. And then starting next Monday, we will start a new journey. And I will tell you what that is before this week's over. And so I won't tell you what that is yet. Um, but join me again tomorrow as we will continue uh, to have a devotion tomorrow. It won't be a, 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 a studying the Gospel of John. And we won't be starting our new uh, project until next Monday. So join me tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Leesburg Daily. God bless and take care.